1: The fantasy football best series. That's right. What happened to Debo, Samuel, and a bunch of other stud receivers that busted in 2022? We are still over heartbreak. We are still emotionally upset. And today we're going to open those wounds back up to talk about the key wide receiver bus for 2022. Before we do, I want to make sure you follow us across the board at Razzball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok. And of course, make sure you go over to Razzball.com. But today's show, let's get into the wide receiver bus for 2022. <laughs> All right, the only man that's qualified to talk about busts this year, and that's Matthew Styles. You can follow him at Styles08 on Twitter. What's going on, Matt? Well,
0: you know, to be to talk about a bust, you have to be a bust, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> second place right, in, yeah. in the two in the two big money leagues, uh, yeah. So, I can, to me, I consider that a bust, but mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here, and uh, we're going to knock this out tonight. And, uh, or actually, I guess it's going to produce tomorrow, right? We'll put it live tomorrow, so I'll we'll see. We're going to knock well, this the world, out this
1: morning. We're world, the world's live right now. Watch us on YouTube. But, of course, if you listen to us on the audio side, you'll be available tomorrow. Plus, the written article that Matt put together will be on the site tomorrow as well. So you can read it, you can listen to it, and you can watch it. We want to, hear, we want to hit all those pain points for you no matter what you need. So we got it all today. Today we're going to talk about wide receivers. Last week we talked about running backs. You know, a couple of things that we like to do on the show. First off, It's not just it's obvious we can bring up all the guys who busted, but I think today's show is more about figuring out why they busted, but also is it going to impact 2023 and beyond? I think those are very important questions for today's show to understand, Okay, was it just a bad year from statistical reasons? Was there bad quarterback offensive line? Like, I think that's really the important thing about these shows. So I'm excited to get into it. We do have a master list of players that busted. In 2022, these are all top 100 ADP guys who finished at least five spots or lower in points per game in PPR. So that's the key here. That's how I've been identifying busts. We have Debo Samuel, Mike Evans, uh, Michael Pittman, T Higgins, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson, Jerry Judy, Brandon Cooks, Gabriel Davis, Juju, Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bateman, Adam Thielen, Elijah Moore. Hunter Redfro, and Drake London. That's a decent amount of names, but all those guys pretty much didn't meet expectations. We're going to talk about five key ones today. But before we get into those top five, was there any of these guys that you didn't really, that, that kind of hurt a little more than the rest that you ha- are going to talk about today? Matt? Uh, well,
0: Yeah, we'll get to the guy that really hurt my feelings. Uh, but to me, I don't know. We probably better get into it, otherwise I'm going to spoil the fun.
1: All right, all right. So let's talk about the top five wide receiver busts. One of the key ones we're going to talk about is Debo Sim. Before, though, we're going to get some guys that weren't as highly drafted as Debo. But the first one I wanted to talk about was Brandon Cooks. Now, I I purposely picked the two guys, two of the guys today, because I was extremely – I was higher than them. I drafted them in a decent amount of leagues. So I was curious what the hell happened. Um, Brandon Cooks, positional, drafted as the wide receiver 23, finished as the wide receiver 49. Overall, 56. Finished. Overall, 73. So overall, not terrible, but that wide receiver 23 to 49, you did not draft Brandon Cooks to be a top 50 wide receiver. You drafted him to be top 24. So first things I like to look at is what changed. And at first glance, Tim Kelly gets fired. They promote the QB coach, Pep Hamilton. Doesn't seem like it's a big change, but Pep Hamilton is a different coordinator he is not from Tim Kelly came from the old regime with uh, Bill O'Brien Pep Hamilton came in with lovey Smith and they have ties from their days back in Chicago so the change to Pep Hamilton might have been a bigger change than we thought I think there might have been terminology changes so and it kind of listen Davis Mills looked decent last year he did not look as good this year unfortunately so I think maybe some of that happened a little bit so I didn't I want to take note that there was change because in our show Preseason, we said one of the things you try to avoid when it comes to wide receivers is change. A change at quarterback, change at scheme, change in coordinator. Anything you can do to avoid that, it's usually helpful. So he he dropped by three PPR points from last year. His targets were about one point four less than last year. His catch rate was about six. His catch rate he had six percent drop in catch rate. Um, He of course missed three games, which doesn't help, but. A lot of that stuff seems like, yeah, the 1.4 targets per game is, that's notable, but it's not enough to justify why he dropped three PPR points per game. But one of the things I did notice was he had no deep touchdowns. So last year he had three touchdowns of 40 plus, which is kind of an outlier that right there. Think about a 40 yard touchdown catch is 10 fantasy points. You do that three times. That's essentially two points per game, especially in this in this, uh, 16, 17 games. So that's a huge nut, go from three to zero. He was not a big threat down the field, and he also saw a spike in a 5% increase in his drop rate this year. So even though there, there, there was a little bit more uh, competition, I guess, for targets between Nico Collins and some of those other guys, but at the overall it's just very confusing why he dropped by one4 I unfortunately cannot say – we don't know the future of Brandon Cooks. We don't even know who the Texans quarterback, head coach will be, so it's hard to say. But honestly, I don't – when I went into this, I was hoping to come up with a better answer. This is the one where I walked away and said, I have no idea how we could have predicted he would drop off. The one thing I will say, though, is – because I'll bring up the stat again later. Deep touchdown passes. The 40-plus are not sticky. Guys who do that typically don't repeat it. Unless you're an elite threat like Jamar Chase, for example. All the guys, six of the eight guys last year who had three or more deep touchdowns of 40-plus yards had a drop in points the next year because they did not meet that expectation again. So maybe that's what it was for Brandon Cooks, but overall not too excited. Any thoughts about Brandon Cooks, Matt, before we get jump into the next one?
0: Yeah, so the the research you did was really between last year and this year. Well, I went back and looked all the way to back when, when he was a rookie. Did, did you know that cooks has never had a hundred catch season?
1: Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's true.
0: Did And you know, right. Going into the draft, you feel that this guy is a target hog. So he's, he is a target hog. He continued to do that through last year, but this year he didn't. I think you mentioned Davis mills was different than he was last year than he was this year. Uh, I find it confusing that he, he just – they had a good running game, right? Damian Pierce made people where they couldn't just double out wide. And then to me, the one thing that is concerning to me is, yes, Houston was bad, like atrociously bad. Not Chicago bad, but close.
1: They wish. They yes. wish they were.
0: Look, he pulled the wide receiver diva card, right? You said oh, he only missed three games. Okay, so – Maybe one and a half of those is a little bit of injury, but then he pulled the Terrell Owens, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Antonio Brown card, and he just said, "I'm not playing for this team anymore." Sat out. Do we know he said that? No, but he came down with the, the diva-esque illness, and he just he didn't play for a while. But and when you look back at his stats, he's a thousand-yard receiving guy, uh, regardless of the number of catches. He's always a middling uh, five to seven touchdown guy and all of those things are addressed. So the, the analytical figures that you provided, right? Those make sense. And he just, all of that translated to less everything uh, to include the long touchdowns, to include touchdowns overall, to include catches and to include yards. So when you have a wide receiver that you covet, right? I was looking at him as wide receiver three or four, you had him probably a little bit higher but when he fell to me at wide receiver four, I was ecstatic. I went through the roof, and he ended up being drop material. We just I kept him until he, I just couldn't keep him anymore. So, it, to me, he it didn't make sense. Now, when we take Cooks, and I say it didn't make sense, that leads me to the next guy. The next guy on our list is Michael Pittman, and and I wrote in my article. You can read it tomorrow. Um, I'm still, you know, I'm still scratching my head. Would you, if I, if I paid you $5 for the over under on 90 catches for Michael Pittman this year, knowing that you watched him, knowing what he did, what do you think the over under is? 90 is the number.
1: Yeah, obviously the under, I would think, but.
0: He had 99 catches.
1: (laughs) That's crazy. That's funny. He had
0: 10 weeks between his first and second touchdown. He had four total touchdowns. The last two were in the last two weeks of the year, which means the week 18 one, for fantasy purposes, doesn't matter. Nobody cares. So the dude regressed in yardage, in, but he went up in catches. He went up in – how you can go up in catches by – he went up in targets by 12, catches by 11 – yet he dropped by 150 total yards. I I, it, it, I still am – I want to go back and look at the numbers. I looked at them four or five times today when I was writing the article. I cannot figure it out. Now, you're going to touch on the fact that Indianapolis was awful year, for you know, start to finish. Matt Ryan was not the same guy that played in Atlanta. Uh, Jonathan Taylor wasn't the same guy that had 18 touchdowns rushing last year. The offensive line wasn't good, but I – 99 catchers, I can't figure it out. I just,
1: I can't. It doesn't make sense to me. So, I loved Pittman. I I always said in the beginning of the year, I was into the Mikes. Michael Williams, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans. Those are the guys I really liked in the third round this year. You know, didn't really work out, unfortunately. Pittman, listen, when he played with Matt Ryan, he was uh, sixth. In receptions with 76, and inside of the top 20 in yards. So the touchdowns weren't there. Matt Ryan's just a disaster at this stage in his career in the red zone. But you know, I I, I think the problem was we thought Matt Ryan was going to be a clear upgrade on Carson Wentz, and he wasn't. And this circles back to, and I said this in an earlier show, when when the Q, would rather have give if even if we think it's a slight upgrade a QB unless it's a Matthew Stafford type jump or a Tom Brady type jump at quarterback, those marginal ones, give me the continuity of that QB. Give me Carson Wentz again. Cause I know what I'm getting with Michael Pittman with Carson Wentz versus the slight upgrade to Matt Ryan. And I think that's a philosophy I'm going to take moving forward. I I'm not going to draft players at their ADPs. If I feel like they're too high, if they have a slight QB change, because we all think we know Deontay Johnson, wink, wink, coming up too. Ironically, the same freaking issue. We thought Big Ben sucked. Big Ben. But we know what Big Ben did. He targeted Deontay Johnson 12 fucking times a week. Excuse my French. I have a toothache. All right, let's jump down to the next one. Allen Robinson. Oh, baby boy. Um, Allen Robinson wide rec- was drafted as the wide receiver 21, finished as the wide receiver 63. Not just in... Not just overall in PPR points per game, folks. So we got, we didn't get cute here and said, oh, overall he was, you know, because he missed so many. No, this is per game. So that's just horrendous. 52nd overall finished outside the top 120. Oh, just awful. Move to a new team. But I have this is the one where okay, I actually have some interesting things I, I thought about first off. One of the things that the Rams went through in 2019 is their offensive line got really got injured. They moved a bunch of players around. They couldn't run the football. That was the year Todd Gurley went from the number one player in fantasy to just dust. And the offense just didn't look right. So they went through a transition year. The bad offensive line, they couldn't run the ball. Well, in 2022, it was the offensive line again, but it was in pass protection. They were one of only two teams in the NFL to allow an adjusted sack rate over 10%. So 10% of the dropbacks, they're essentially getting sacked on offense. So the offensive line was absolutely disaster. No Andrew Whitworth a bunch of injuries up front. And I think that caused a lot of problems. If you look at Matthew Stafford, more pressures in the first eight games of 2021, he had 51 pressures in 2022. That jumps to 90 in the same amount of games. So nearly double. So Matthew Stafford under pressure, the offensive line couldn't protect. And I think that led Matthew Stafford to just go to the middle of the field where he's comfortable, the Cooper cup and Tyler Higbee early on in the year. Now, one of the things I, I first thought was, okay, maybe he's dusted. Well, the cool thing is Matt um, Matt Harmon does re- reception perception. And in his reception perception about Allen Robinson, he says that, yes, there is a slight dip, but he's within expectations. So he's still winning routes at a pretty nice clip. So against uh, Versman, he's over 70%. Against Zoni, he's over 75%. Um, against Press, he's at 73%. So he's still winning routes consistently, according to Matt Harmon. Who really takes a dive into this? So I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe there's a separation issue. Well, his career average separation according to next gen stats is 2.1. Okay, he averaged 2.1 this year. So it's clearly Allen Robinson isn't all of a sudden just bad. And then I thought, well, maybe it's Matthew Stafford. Maybe Matthew Stafford is one of those guys who doesn't like to throw to contested players. So I took a journey back to 2019, Kenny Galladay. That's right. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay who caught like seven passes for the Giants this year. Back in 2019, yes. Kenny, Kenny whatever. <laughs> it probably is six. Uh, Kenny Galladay in 2019 was absolutely dominant. Dominant with Matthew Stafford. And I looked back, and sure enough, his average separation was like 2.3. Matthew Stafford would just throw it downfield to Calvin Johnson. He would throw it downfield to Kenny Galladay. So that's not an issue. So I think when I went into all this, it was a disaster year for the Rams. But McVeigh's back, I think they make they're gonna make some adjustments to the offensive line. Plus their offensive line did start playing better over the second half of the year with Baker Mayfield, the company. So I just do think that they put it together and Allen Robinson's going to be super cheap next year and I might be in on Allen Robinson. So what's your thoughts about A-Rob?
0: So I am probably in on Robinson before I'm in on Cooks, uh, but I don't know that I'm in on him before I'm in on Pittman and our next guy. Uh, with, with Robinson though, you remember when he was basically the best receiver in fantasy football for the Jaguars in his, his second year? 14 touchdowns. Uh, he, he had he had everything right. He didn't win the triple crown, but he was he was damn close to, to winning uh, the triple crown that year. Then he somehow floats over to Chicago. And do you remember who his quarterback was in Chicago when he blew up two straight years?
1: Mitch Trubisky. I,
0: again, what? <laughs> it doesn't make right, sense. Right, it doesn't make any sense because Matthew Stafford is better by a long ways than Trubisky. Again, right? Three in a row that we've we've said I can't. I don't understand it. Scratch my head. I don't understand it. Now the next guy, and you're right. the 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 sixty three number sixty three overall points per reception guy is going to be hella cheap next year. So sneak him in as your wide receiver of three really late. Right? Maybe get that other running back, maybe take your shot at your uh, quarterback and, and know that uh, Robinson will be there. Now, back to your comment about quarterback changes, coordinator changes. We have to watch the Rams in the offseason. If Aaron Donald really does retire, if Stafford's back is really a problem, right? if all, if all those things lead to Bryce Perkins or or was it Warford? Wolford?
1: No, I think Baker will be back.
0: It, possible, but how much does Baker want to get paid, right? Are the Rams willing to do that, and, Who and has paid levered- <laughs> like, yeah, who's Peyton Baker?
1: Like it was Peyton Baker, like seriously. They've
0: leveraged all their draft capital, so they can't fix oh, through yeah. the draft. Um, it, it it's confusing. I would want to watch all the moving pieces, right? If you're arranging deck chairs on the Titanic, you're you're gonna sink and die anyway. So uh, they may just have to suck the egg and figure it out. But yeah, um, yeah. For the next guy, I love him. Um, I will always love him. I think I say that now. Uh, this guy I was so high on, and I, and everywhere I got him, I was absolutely ecstatic. 147 targets, no touchdowns. That's the end of the analysis. There is nothing more to say. Uh, we all hated Ben Roethlisberger, but if you waited to draft quarterbacks when he was in his prime, you were going to get 4,500 yards and 30 oh, yeah. odd touchdowns because they were not going to run the football. He just, he couldn't back up, right? So he took everything out of the shotgun and he loved Deontay Johnson. Uh, I wrote in the article that Pickett to Pickens seemed a lot more um, dynamic. It seemed to be fit for Pickens and for Pickett. And Deontay Johnson was the guy that kind of got left out a little bit, even though he still got his, um, I think he's getting rid of the drops right he's not as drop prone as he was in years past but Pittsburgh was not good uh, Najee Harris was not Najee Harris for most of the year so they were just a bad offense going in so I, I still like Deontay Johnson going into 2023 but I want to see Mike Tomlin name a starter and name a starter early at quarterback
1: yeah it's going to be Kenny Pickett I, I, I'm not worried I think it's For me, it it could be the Miles Sanders thing from last year where Miles Sanders had all those touches, didn't get any touchdowns, and then positive regression. Um, I just wanted to take a look, though, because where the red zone looks are really the key. And he had 38 in, in 2021. He had 38, and he turned eight of those into touchdowns. So 38 red zone targets into eight touchdowns. Last year, he had 30, and he had zero. So that's fluky. I mean, when you're getting – he had, he had 11, 11 end zone targets, meaning the ball in the end zone, he had zero touchdowns. That's a lot. I wonder if that's the most. No, oh, yeah. So, that's the, he's the only player with double-digit end zone targets without a touchdown. And, by the way, he's the only – the next person's two, and that's Cortland Sutton and yeah. Justin Jefferson, believe it or not. That's crazy. Justin Jefferson had 14 end zone targets, only two touchdowns this year crazy. All right, there you go. Interesting. I listen. I'm in it. I, I I'll admit this one. I was a correct on. I was off Deontay this year. I was because I was like, we're gonna say. I was like Big Ben that little change to Mitch Trubisky. I'm like, we don't know. And I like how I take that philosophy with Deontay. I don't apply it to Michael Pittman, but I am an <laughs> idiot. And I don't care. So don't hate me for it. Anyway, well, let's go to the last one. And we
0: say, we're, we're not going to take accountability <laughs> unless it's in our favor.
1: Exactly. You get me. I like it. Debo Sable's the last one. A Debo, like, so Debo took a little bit more time to get into him because obviously there were some easy ones like the rushing production and all that, but I was genuinely surprised. He was kind of almost as efficient on the ground this year. It wasn't as big as a drop offs I thought. But anyway, wide receiver 7 drafted and um, finishes the wide receiver 26 in PPR points per game. Um, he was drafted as a top 20 guy, finished 49th overall, so it's not too crazy, but... When you're drafting a guy in the second round and he finished, doesn't even finish as a top 24 wide receiver, that's a problem. So here's one of the things I noticed right away. His entire role changed in the offense for some reason. I th- and it's hard to notice it on the field. His average depth of target dropped from 8.4 to 4.3. That's never a good thing. You want air yards. You want p- you want targets down the field. It's very difficult even for a stud like Debo to generate that many yards after the catch. So that drop-off in four yards in average depth of target is huge, especially when you're talking seven targets a game. That's upwards to like 30 yards alone in air yards that you're not going to be able to get. It's really tough to get that all back in yards after the catch. 2021, he had 14 deep targets. He turned them, That's passes over 20 yards. He finished eight receptions, 374 yards, three touchdowns. This season, he had three of those. For one catch for 32 yards. So the production dipped by more than 90% in deep passing. So they weren't using him down the field. He had a lower A dot. And the, finally, the red zone touchdowns. He had six rushing touchdowns last year in the red zone. This year he only had two. So that hurt. I mean, his rushing production, he still got the carries. He just wasn't finding the end zone. I think teams maybe got a little bit wiser to what they were doing with him there. And maybe they got some film and they were able to stop him. But he had six. Last year on roughly the same amount of carry. So they were still using him, but he dropped all the way down to two. But I think the biggest key of it all is Christian McCaffrey. There is a huge difference in his production with McCaffrey. So before McCaffrey arrived, weeks one through six, 15 and a half PPR points per game. That's right around top 12 to 15. That drops all the way down to 11.3 after he joined the team. Now, everything changed with CMC. His touches, his targets went down. The other thing I thought was interesting was the 49ers in 2020 and 2021. I thought they didn't use running backs in the passing game, but according to Fantasy Pros and how they break up their targets, they 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 were not too much of a spike. It was a little bit of a spike, but not too much. So it wasn't just the receiving target CMC got. It's just the fact that the offense became too cluttered. It was Kittle, Ayuk, you know CMC, and then you have another running back in Elijah Mitchell when he's healthy. And then Juwan Jennings was getting involved, So there just wasn't enough pieces of the pie. So I think I'm probably going to be pretty hands-off Debo next year, even if he regresses back a little bit upwards, maybe closer to 13. But that 11.3 is concerning with CMC. What's your thoughts about Debo?
0: Yeah, and I was going to say the same thing, right? It, Kittle was turned off for much of the year, right? Sky always jokes that he, uh, if it was pancake blocks, he'd be tight end one. Tight end um, one. Yep. And uh, they went through the running back carousel again, right? Injuries. uh, They released Trey Sermon before the season. So there was a lot of turmoil at running back. And then, uh, frankly, right, if you want really hard-hitting analysis, hopefully you're sitting down. Kyle Shanahan doesn't give a fuck about your fantasy team.
1: Which is bullshit.
0: (laughs) I know. It it just (laughs) – I mean, somebody should call him out, right? We should probably get him on the show and ask him, why why don't you care about our fantasy football team? let get on. But what really maybe that's a maybe that shows that he's really a good coach because he looks at at trends the right way whereas we just look at points and um and what and what does well for us but look where they are right so maybe his usage of debo or his non-usage of debo was the right thing to do maybe it extends the guy's career uh but they also had quarterback turmoil uh you know where they they lose their number one the opening week and then garoppolo gets dinged and then then also he's out and and purdy was throwing to cmc and Kittle so it just and by the way why wouldn't you right two fantastic uh pass catchers so to me i'm 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 a little bit i wasn't really high on debo i ended up with him uh at the beginning of the second round this year because he just it just worked out that way and i didn't want to pass on him but I'm I'm not as high this year. In fact, I'm probably lower on DeBo 2023 than I was Pittman 2022 and I took Pittman at 3.02. So that would push DeBo down the down the list in the third round, maybe into the fourth for me.
1: I will say this. His touches were still good. Like he so if you just look at his what I always like to look at is red zone works because that's the high value touches You know, in thirteen, he only played thirteen games, so he did miss more time this year. But he had seventeen red zone targets in those thirteen games. Last year, in sixteen games, he had seventeen red zone targets. So he actually had more looks in the red zone in less games, but he just didn't find the end zone this year. So is it a little fluky? Yes, but I think next year, if you're playing, if you if you're someone that wants to play the regression game, back to the mean or whatever, you have to start at that eleven point four. Or eleven point three, and say, all right. Even if he regresses from there, it's thirteen points, and that's where you judge Debo. Not from what he did two years ago, because CMC is a major factor. All right, that's it, folks. That's our top five wide receiver bus. What happened to Debo? Save. It. Hopefully, we figured it out. What happened to Debo? Michael Pittman, Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, and more on this show. I want to thank Matthew Styles. Matt, do you want to highlight anything else before we close out about your article that's dropping tomorrow? Any no, insights? Think-
0: no, there's a couple extra names that you saw uh, running at the bottom of the screen. Uh, just some quips about them, but uh, pretty much we, we covered the big stuff. And uh, as always, Sky would tell you, you know, I'm batting a thousand on uh, questions and comments answered at the at the site. So if you've got something you want to know, we'll do the research and we'll hit you back up. So one hundred percent, 100 percent response rate.
1: And honestly, batting a thousand just always brings us back to baseball because that's what we do here at Razzball. We do baseball, hockey, basketball, and football. Go check it out over on razzball.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Rasball Fantasy YouTube channel and check out our boys tomorrow. The Dynasty Diehards will be dropping their shows every Wednesday on the Rasball Fantasy YouTube channel. And of course, go check out baseball. Gray's out dropping his podcast. It's going to be huge. We're super excited. Thanks for joining us again. I want to thank Matthew Styles. Make sure you go follow this guy at styles08 on Twitter. We are out of here.